Oh, my God. 
45 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
say it's not fair I know how you feel when you just don't care I know how you feel when you want to walk away I know how you feel but I want you to stay I know how you feel when they laugh that way I know how you feel when there's nothing to say I know how you feel when it's too much to bear I know how you feel but I'm standing right here. Cause the gold don't shine and my words don't arrive without you 
רב נחמן, רב נחמן ואפילו בהסתרה, שבתוך ההסתרה, בוודאי גם שם, נמצא השם יתברך, ואפילו בהסתרה, שבתוך ההסתרה, בוודאי נמצא השם יתברך. איי איי איי, גם אחרי הדברים הקשים העוברים עליך. אני עומד, אני עומד, אני Thank you. 
Thursday morning, <clears throat> there we go, Thursday morning, JM and the AM, Shlomo Katz. Spending a lot of time on Shlomo Katz music this week, so I figured we'd go back to one of his greats. That's uh, Vizakenu, off of the uh, CD entitled Ushmuel Bikari Shemo. Chaim Yisrael Hadva Filu, you heard Stay, done by Eighth Day. Lenny Solomon with uh, Tanili Yad, off of the Simchat Chaim album. Torah Hashem, that was the Shira Chadasha Boys Choir, Baruch Levine with Vayihibi Yeshurin, uh, Barry Weber with Va'ani, and of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Big day here, Thursday at JM in the AM on this June the 18th, day 26 in the month of Sivan, the year 5780. Tough Shin Pei, 67 degrees, cloudy skies, high temperature of 75. Tonight, overcast, a low 66. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 80 degrees. Uh, right now, 75 in Yerushalayim, 67 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. A uh, big day today for a variety of reasons, primarily because uh, JM in the AM will be dominated by two of my favorite interviewees. Coming up, 7.40 Eastern Time, just about an hour from now, Rabbi Yisrael Besser. He is the author of the book, Just Love Them, The Life and Legacy of Rabbi David Trank. And um, that book is pretty amazing. I completed it yesterday. I don't, even have the, I don't even have the actual book here, and I completed the book yesterday. How do you like that? It's amazing what you could do in 2020. <laughs> and, and Rabbi Besser and I get to talk about the book, which is now available at artscroll.com. Don't forget, everything at artscroll.com is 25% off. You can get a book like this for 20 bucks. And trust me, it is a worthwhile investment for you, for your kids, for everybody in your family. Um, but anyway, we'll talk so much more about it later on. Uh, Just Love Them is the name of the book. Artscroll.com, 25% off everything on the site and 25% off of everything Artscroll at your retailers during the month of June. Um, then, uh, once uh, we've spoken to uh, Rabbi Besser, uh, the 8 o'clock hour will turn into the Rabbi Fass hour. Rabbi Yoshua Fass, of course... Uh, uh, tomorrow night, Shabbos Parshas Shlach here in the Diaspora. They're way past us in Israel, but it's Shlach in the Diaspora. Uh, seems to always be Shlach in some way, shape, or form in the Diaspora. Anyway, Rabbi uh, Fast will join us coming up about 8.30 Eastern Time. And we'll have an opportunity to talk about Parsha Shlach and get his annual message to us in this very interesting year. This very challenging and interesting COVID year, Big Aliyah year. Um, you know, lots of decisions, lots of thinking, lots of options in people's heads after the uh, few months that we've had from uh, March till now. So all that is coming up. Rabbi Fass is going to be our guest at about 8.30 Eastern time right here at JMN. Plus, it's Thursday, so it's a big day today, obviously. Always is. By the way, I'm, I'm saying this publicly and in advance like I did last Friday, just so there's no confusion, God forbid. Uh, I am not here 
next Thursday and Friday. I am not here next Thursday and Friday. Uh, And the reason is because I'm having elbow surgery. And even though I've never really spelled this stuff out in the past when I've taken days off, um, I'm spelling this one out. I don't want any discussion or rumors, God forbid, that anything having to do with next week is COVID-related or that anybody needs to fear anything. Uh, I am off Thursday and Friday. I'm going to have this elbow thing taken care of by a very high-qualified doctor here in New York City, uh, a great surgeon. And then I hope to be back, please God, on Monday, uh, the 29th of June. All right, so if you don't hear me Thursday and Friday next week, that's the story. Nothing else needs to be said because nothing else <laughs> nothing else is the facts, frankly. All right, so that's the story with next week. Just wanted to give everyone a little bit of advanced, uh, advanced uh, notice here at JM in the AM. All right, so speaking of Shlomo Katz, he's out with the first of his 40 songs for his 40th birthday. It's called Me on Eats. Thursday, this is JM in the AM.
understand Just feel it in the air See it in the old man's gentle smile We don't have to see him Cause we all know that he's there I'll sing to you a while Hear it in the mountains echo Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Jakob Schwecki with the Freed medley off of Those Were the Days. Vizakeno before that done by Shlomo Katz. 
It's America's... Oh, that wasn't because I came to that. was Shlomo Katz with the brand new Me Ani. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world of web at NahumSiegel.com and the NahumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. We did have a couple of technical problems this past half hour. I don't know why this is happening the last couple of mornings, and I apologize, but we are trying our hardest to stay live and on the air and around the world and continue to present the amazing programming that... JMNAM always does. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next at JMNAM. Galay Tzal, Yerushalayim, Asha 2. Shalom Rav, Kanoam Aviram, in what's going on now. שר החוץ של האיחוד האירופי מזהיר, לסיפוח תהיה השפעה ישירה על הקשר עם ישראל. כתבתנו המדינית, מוריה אסרף וולברג. בורל שר החוץ של האיחוד האירופי אמר היום, אם ישראל תספח שטחים, יהיו לכך השלכות ישירות על הקשר ההדוק שיש לנו איתה היום. עוד הוא הוסיף, אנו בדיאלוג עם שותפינו הישראלים, בניסיון להימנע מצעד כזה, לפני שיהיה מאוחר מדי. ובתוך כך, שר החוץ הירדני, איימן אספדי, הגיע בצהריים לביקור פתע ברשות הפלצ... הפלסטינית, והוא צפוי להיפגש ברמאללה עם יושב ראש הרשות אבו מאזן. בהודעת משרד החוץ ברבת עמון נכתב כי מטרת הביקור היא תאום והתייעצות בין הצדדים סביב ההתפתחויות הקשורות לנושא הפלסטיני. כזכור, מלך ירדן, עבדאללה השני, הזהיר השבוע כי תוכנית הסיפוח הישראלית מאיימת על היציבות במזרח התיכון. עובדת בכנסת נדבקה בקורונה, כך הודיע קצין הכנסת יוסף גריף בהודעת דואר אלקטרוני ששלח לעובדים במשכן. מי ששהה בסביבתה התבקש לפעול על פי הנחיות משרד הבריאות. ידיעה שהעביר כתבנו יניר קוזין. איראן הודיעה כי ערכה ניסוי מוצלח בטיל שיוט חדש. מדווחת כתבת חדשות החוץ, נועה מועלם. לפי הודעת ערן, הניסוי אירע במהלך תמרון אימונים במפרץ אומן ובצפון האוקיינוס ההודי. מדובר בטיל שיוט המגיע לטווח של עד 280 קילומטרים. ההודעה על הצלחת הניסוי באה במקביל למאמצים האמריקנים להאריך את אמברגו הנשק על איראן, שיפוג באוקטובר הקרוב, כפי שנקבע בהסכם הגרעין מ-2015. לפני חודשיים הודיעה טהרן כי הגדילה את טווח הטילים הימיים שלה ל-700 קילומטרים. עונת בגרויות הקיץ בצל הקורונה בפתח. בשבוע הבא תתקיימנה בחינות הבגרות החדשות. עם עוד פרטים מהמתווה החדש של משרד החינוך, כתבנו לענייני חינוך, דורון קדוש. תלמידים בקבוצת סיכון בשל מחלות רקע יידרשו להביא אישור רפואי לכך, ויעמדו בפני ועדת חריגים שתחליט על אופן היבחנותם. לתלמידים שאחד או יותר מבני משפחתם בקבוצת סיכון, יתאפשר להיבחן בכיתה קטנה של עד שישה תלמידים כדי לצמצם את סיכויי ההידבקות. תלמידים שלא יוכלו להיבחן בשני המועדים שנקבעו בשל גיוס לצה"ל או בידוד, ייבחנו בבחינה חינוך. ובעקבות מאבק גלי צה"ל למען העסקים, חברת הכנסת יוליה מלינובסקי מישראל ביתנו ביקשה בוועדת הקורונה בכנסת לבחון, לבחון תלונות של בעלי עסק על קנסות שניתנו ללא אזהרה. בן אדם פשוט, רגיל, אין לו כוח וידע לקרוא את כל העסק הזה, הוא צריך להרוויח. העובדה היא מאוד פשוטה. ההנחיות והתקנות, זה לא ברור, זה לא הגיוני, וזה קשה מדי. יש את הרף היכולת שאנשים יכולים לעמוד. אנשים לא יעמדו בזה, והם לא עומדים בזה. יושבת ראש הוועדה, חברת הכנסת יפעת שאשא ביטון, התחייבה לטפל בנושא. הבוקר פרסמה כתבתנו ליה ספילקין כי עיריית תל אביב נתנה פי ארבעה יותר קנסות לבעלי עסקים על עבירות שביצעו הלקוחות מאשר על עבירות שביצעו בעצמם. ומזג האוויר מחר ירידה קלה נוספת בטמפרטורות שתהיינה נמוכות מהרגיל.
ייתכן גשם מקומי קל בצפון הארץ. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
J.M. in the A.M. It's Edel with uh, Vania Sheer here at J.M. in the A.M. Um, news from Israel before that. Well, like I said, we had a couple of glitches in the 6 o'clock hour. Hopefully things are calm now. I want to give a special tribute to uh, Avrami Finkelstein. Uh, most mornings and most days, things operate smoothly and quietly. We've had one of those weeks where um, <laughs> where it seems every glitch that can Occur has occurred. Avrami's on top of all of it day and night, and I want to thank him very, very much. He puts up with my frustrating reactions when I'm told when I'm told there's a technical problem, which is just driving me nuts, frankly. Uh, Thursday morning, June the 18th, the 26th of Sivan. Good morning, everybody. Hopefully, no glitches and smooth sailing when we introduce Rabbi Bester to everybody, which will be about a half hour from now. When we talk about the brand new book about Rabbi Trank. Uh, that'll be coming up. Don't forget, artscroll.com gives you everything at 25% off this week, including the brand new book. Go to artscroll.com or your local retailer. Also, um, a reminder that this portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best. And uh, right now, kosherdogs.net, which is an amazing site because you get delicious food delivered to your home. Kosherdogs.net has a 10% discount when you use promo code radio. Kosherdogs.net, 10% discount when you use promo code radio. Check it out and enjoy. Full day here. We always say that on Thursday, but it's always true on Thursday. Full day coming up at 9 o'clock. It's Charlie Harari. His topic is keeping life journey focused and not destination focused. Jew in the City speaks at 10 a.m. with uh, Josh Masson. Executive chef and owner of Nobo Wine and Grill and Teaneck joining Allison. Miriam L. Wallach with That's Live. Excuse me. Miriam L. Wallach with That's Life. It will be live with Rebbitson Dr. Adina Schmidman discussing the OU's Women's Initiatives Virtual Summit. 11 a.m. It's our Thursday live lunch. Throwback Thursday coming up at 1, etc., etc., etc. By the way, as strange as this is going to sound, and believe me, it sounds strange, it looks like we're on the road next week. It does look like we will be on the road, outdoors, in front of certain places in the Jewish community, uh, broadcasting during the day. Details will be coming out very, very soon. I want to give a special thank you and salute to our friends at Kedem Royal Wine, uh, who are sponsoring our journey. Um, hopefully, weather-wise and otherwise, it'll go off without a hitch. And we are finally participating in the big reopening out there in New York and New Jersey by hitting the road for some live lunches next week. So details coming up. Yeah, it's not just surgery next week. It's also <laughs> live lunches next week. So details coming up as soon as we have them for you right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I know, a lot. it's amazing. A lot going, even when there's nothing going on, 
There's a lot going on on this network. It's pretty amazing. Brand new H volume number three. <laughs>
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning with Udi David Dimini Kolech is the name of that one. Here on a um, J.M. in the A.M. Uh, what's today? Thursday morning. <laughs> 67 degrees cloudy and a high of 75. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. I want to thank everybody who's been donating to our 2020 fundraiser. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to thank uh, Dr. and Mrs. Rosenshine, whose uh, check arrived yesterday for the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, and I thank them in honor of all the recent simchas that they've had. Uh, Baruch Hashem B'liyayin and they should continue. Kane Yirbu, Kane Yirbu. And I want to thank all of you, those who are going to fjbunity.org, probably the easiest way to make a donation. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. If you like what you hear every day and you are... Uh, finding yourself more and more addicted to our 24 hours of the Nahum Siegel Network. And if you still f- find tremendous value in starting your morning with this show, then please give a dollar a day. Give $2 a day. Give uh, 50 bucks a month. Give $1,000. Give whatever you want. Just go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And by the way, those larger donations can be spread out over 12 months. You'll see the details there. We also have sponsorship opportunities if you want to sponsor something, some of our Divrei Torah or other parts of the show in memory of somebody or in honor of somebody. That's not a problem. Go to fjbunity.org and go to the top of the page. You'll see sponsorship opportunities. It's a link at the top of the page. And I thank you. Also, if you want to just send in a donation, as so many people have done during this campaign, and I thank you. If you want to just send in a donation, the address is Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, 
Suite 3, New York City, 1002. Again, that's Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, Suite 3, New York City, 1002. A reminder, everything from Art Scroll is 25% off during the month of June, including the brand new book, Just Love Them, The Life and Legacy of Rabbi David Trank. We'll speak to Rabbi Besser coming up. Everything is 25% off in-store and 25% off on artscroll.com. And um, we will uh, have Rabbi Besser on, of course. <clears throat> Rabbi Fass is going to join us since we read Parsha Shlach in the Chutz in the Diaspora. We read Parsha Shlach this week, so we'll speak to Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Fass coming up from Nefesh Benefesh. Lots happening on this Thursday here at the Nahum Siegel Network. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage in Delhi is the world's best. And right now at kosherdogs.net, kosherdogs.net, 10% discount if you use the promo code radio. Kosherdogs.net, 10% discount if you use promo code radio. Don't forget, in the middle of the day on Sunday, Father's Day, we're going to have a nice Celebrate Israel special brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. A lot of great music. We'll do some talk and uh, just celebrate Israel. Not exactly the way we would on Fifth Avenue, but it is Celebrate Israel Day, as we know. Uh, that'll start about 11.30 on our um, uh, on our network, 11.30 on Sunday. That'll go until 1 o'clock. And then at 1 o'clock, the virtual Celebrate Israel Parade with the folks from the JCRC. That's going to be happening at CelebrateIsraelNY.org. CelebrateIsraelNY.org. Org. And again, that's 1 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday. So we're going to do a little celebrating of Israel this coming Sunday. Uh, again, not the way we're used to in the month of June, but uh, certainly uh, with some great music and some uh, wonderful discussions. So that's all coming up Sunday. And again, a big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com, uh, for their support and for always being there for any and every time we celebrate Israel. Uh, and we thank them for that very, very much. Thursday morning, JM in the AM, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Arav Zebner Bezov Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basra Bezov Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in the Parsha, after the head of the Miraglim, after the sin of the spies, Hashem said, Akenu Badever, I will strike them with a plague, and then they'll be annihilated. Moshe came to the defense of Klau Yisrael. He said, that if the Mitzrayim were going to hear about this, they're going to tell everybody that Hashem has put everyone out of this world, then they will say that Hashem really did not have the ability to take Klal Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael. After all, he swore to them that he'll give it to them. And now, since he couldn't deliver, he's going to let them all perish in the Midbar. Rashi explains that Moshe said to Hashem, it would be a Chilul Hashem if all of the Yidin were not surviving the Midbar. At that point, Hashem tempered the decree and said that the people who had sinned would not die all at once, but would die over a period of 40 years. The Zerashim Shem asked the question, Obviously, Hashem knew that it was going to be a Chilul Hashem before Moshe Rabbeinu pointed it out. Why did Hashem only mitigate the punishment after Moshe argued his point? The Chet Maraglim was so bad that the only appropriate kapara, atonement, was immediate retribution. 
The Zara Shimshon explains that every person is born with two chalokim. We all have two portions, a chalik in this world and a chalik, a portion in Olam Abba, the next world. The only way a person can lose one of these chalokim is if the person sins, they do averis. If the person would do averis and immediately leave the world, then he would not enjoy this world, so he would still have his olam haba intact. He would still have his portion in the next world. Therefore, even though it was going to be a chilul Hashem, Hashem was willing to forgive, to be moichel on his own honor because of his great love for Bnei Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu, however, could not bear the Chilul Hashem, could not see that punishment be meted out. The reason is, is because it was going to profane Hashem's name. He therefore prayed that Hashem should adapt the Gezerah so that only those Balei Avera, those who had sinned, would leave the world, but over a span of 40 years. So great was the care of Moshe Rabbeinu in the concern that there should not be a Chilul Hashem, any desecration of Hashem's name in this world. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizuk. Have a nice day.
J.M. and the A.M. It's Levi Cohen with Matanatova before that Ohad with uh, Mashkimim here on a uh, Thursday morning broadcast. Well, 
Uh, to say this has been a long-awaited conversation, a long-awaited interview, would be an understatement. Uh, the truth is, ever since uh, it was announced uh, a year ago that Rabbi Yisrael Besser would be writing a book about the life of Rabbi David Trank, whose yard site, by the way, his first yard site, is tonight, the 27th of uh, Sivan. Um, once it was announced that he'd be writing this book, um, from that time forward, frankly, I've been looking forward to this morning where we'd be able to uh, speak about Rabbi Trank's life, uh, to call him a unique mechanech and a unique Jewish leader is not sufficient, a description for him. I think you'll pick that up during our conversation this morning. The book is brand new, literally. I mean, it is, uh, you know, r- right off the, uh, the printing press, so to speak. Uh, right off the fancy brand new modern machines that they have now at the uh, brand new Art Scroll headquarters in New Jersey. Uh, the book is called Just Love Them, The Life and Legacy of Rabbi David Trank. And it's available. It's available right now from Art Scroll, artscroll.com, or at their retailers. And I must say, I got to put this in there because why not? Uh, everything in the month of June, including the brand new books, Everything in the month of June, including the brand new books, is 25% off at artscroll.com and at their retail outlets, the Judaica stores you are familiar with in your community and in your neighborhood. So check it out. Um, You will enjoy this book tremendously like I did when I completed it yesterday. And with us live via telephone is one of the hardest men to reach, but nonetheless always makes himself available with his crazy schedule for us here at JM and the AM. And for that, we are always grateful. Prolific author and columnist, Rabbi Yisrael Besser, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you so much, Nachman. It's so exciting to be here. I always (laughs) marvel. It's not the first time and it's not the second time. I don't even think it's the third time. And you always manage to say more or less the same thing in the introduction in different words. (laughs) <laughs> Ever innovative, Malcolm Siegel. Such a pleasure to listen to you. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, uh, Rabbi Besser. I complimented you. Um, it must be about a year ago. I don't remember exactly. Uh, I complimented you uh, when you had completed the book about Rabbi Mayer's Lotowitz. Uh, speaking of using the same expression, I think the compliment was you've written a great Musser safer. and uh, mm-hmm. a- and excuse the repetition, especially after your kind opening words. Uh, but again, I will say to you about this book about Rabbi Trank, you have written a great Musser Safer. I, I don't know, at this point, maybe we have to come up with a special moniker for you, like the Bali Musser in our history have had. <laughs> if, you can, if you continue to produce such great Mussers for him that we're going to continue to learn from. And I know that you know what I mean by that. Uh, when I say Musser Safer, you want to know how to conduct your life. You want to know how to treat people. You want to know as a Rebbe, you know, certain strategies, even if not every one of Rabbi Trank's uh, strategies work into your personality. Still, there are many, many things to be learned that one could bring into the classroom and utilize outside the classroom. Do you agree, Rabbi Besser? There's a lot to learn from this book. I, I, I do agree there's a lot to learn. I would take issue with the classification, if I may. Yeah, sure. If I may. <laughs> of course. I, I, you know, the term Musser is definitely applicable in many situations. I don't know if it applies to David Frank. I think if I was trying to find a single term or moniker, use your word, that describes David Frank, it would really just be a Jew. And what I mean by that is there are different books that you read. Sometimes you read a book about a Godel, and you find out tools that you can work to access. A Musser safer, you can work on this. You could perfect yourself in this area. You can develop this meter. 
And then in other books you read, you say, I really have all this inside of me, and it's really there for the taking, and it's free. Everybody has a smile. Everybody sees that, you know, if you're looking to be Rabbi Trank, there's people all around you who need Rabbi Trank in their life. Right. The warmth, the smile, the kindness, the faith, the optimism, whatever it is that's going to keep you in the book. So he was just pure. You know, uh, Rabbi Yabudni, I wrote this. And he really said it by the Hesped as well. He said, why isn't every rabbi or teacher like Rabbi Trank? Why isn't everybody jumping up and down and singing and dancing every time they teach a thesis or every time somebody asks a good question or every time a Talmud makes them proud? Because we get embarrassed, we get humiliated, we make our little calculations that I'm going to look like a weirdo if I jump up on a, on a chair, right? Right, right. So Robert Goodney said, the way that Hashem made man, man is really very simple, very, not, not such a complex being. But the people make themselves crazy. What's my wife going to think? What are my in-laws going to think? What are my listeners going to think? What are my readers going to think? How is this going to be perceived? So he said that my friends never gave into that. He never made that first husband. He lived like a child, with the purity of a child, doing what he felt was right at every moment. Right. So if you went through the book, you know, I don't know if the galley, if the free copy you got has pictures. So you yeah. see a picture of a man, you see him in a towel or in a kittel, and on one hand you see the elevated, you see the nature of the side. Look at that, you see him on a motorcycle yeah. or holding a baseball bat. Right. And you realize that in every situation he, he just followed his nature. Yeah, I saw all the photos, and they're pretty amazing. Uh, but, but, but not to belabor the point, but but with that in mind, in all seriousness, especially as parents wonder if this book is good for their children, their teenagers, those who want to go into chinuch, etc. Um, imagine, and and again, you know, excusing the term most are safer, but imagine if one really would improve in one area of their life, or would incorporate. Let's put it that way: would incorporate one of the strategies or one of the uh, methods that Rabbi Trank used with his Talmidim and with his fellow human beings into their own lives. It would be a tremendous victory, a, 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 an incredible uh, injection of, of, frankly, Mida Tova into someone's uh, personality. For sure. But uh, my only, all I'm saying is that, you know, there's something called osmosis. I don't think anybody's going to have to incorporate anything. I think they're going to read the book, and it's going to happen. Right. It's going to happen. When, right. you, when you hear good music, you dance, right. unless people are watching you. Right. When you when you read this book, you're gonna you're gonna find that happening. I, I, I know it happened to me. I can only imagine getting it concentrated like in a single pill in a one volume to read this book. Bam! It is pretty amazing. Rabbi Yisrael Besser is with us. The book is called um, "Just Love Them: The Life and Legacy of Rabbi David Trank." I think the title's obvious, but we'll explore it a little later on for a moment. Um, and, and this personality that you just described, that you just alluded to. In terms of summing up, or by Trank, funny enough, a lot of the stories uh, really have nothing to do with the classroom. He was a great Talmud Chacham, obvious from the book and from what you just said. A great teacher, an unbelievable Rebbe, again obvious from the book and the things that you help us explore through it. But some of the stories have absolutely nothing to do with the classroom setting when every Chasson is hoping that Rabbi David Trank will be at their wedding just to dance in front of them. When you go to a dinner and, and he interrupts an award presentation to his brother, Rabbi Bender, by, by deciding to stand on a chair and declare to the world what, what, what's really going on here, what people need to take away from what's happening in terms of this award presentation. When he's yelling from the back of an Aguda convention session with a lot of people in the room, that we that we must focus on those students who are not being accepted to the yeshivas, or God forbid, somebody who's lost out there without any guidance. 
when all this is happening, this is these are not stories from the classroom. This is his personality coming out in in very unusual for most people circumstances. It's an amazing thing. Now, if you said I go to convention, I didn't say it. It might have been an OU convention or an NTSY convention. We we don't know which kind of convention it was. That's an assumption you're making. But but going on, uh, absolutely, the world was his classroom. That means uh, you know he'd go on trips. I, I wrote this in the book. He'd go on ski trips with his boys. He'd go on mountain climbing trips with his boys. Right. Any anywhere and everywhere he was teaching them. Everywhere he saw opportunities. And most of the lessons I heard in this book were not from the classroom. You know, I, the, the Talmud who drove him, Rahman to his chemo sessions over the last year, has so many stories just from those, those trips in and out of Manhattan. In his last days, I wrote over there, that Frank would be wheeled into the hospital in Manhattan, and instantly he was friends. I think he would walk into, I don't, I don't know if you saw this, he was being wheeled into the waiting room. If you'd see somebody in either a Yankee cap or really anybody who looked like a sports fan, Rabbi Frank had a tremendous memory. Use that memory. He remembered every Talmud he ever had, everybody who was ever in Camp Monk, anybody who was ever in Yeshiva with him, anybody who he ever met. Every well, he knew everybody and everything. He also knew the, the lineups of the Yankees of the 50s and 60s. He knew every single detail, every single game. He remembered <laughs> plays, and he would use that information. So if he saw someone in the cap, he'd say, oh, Yankees, do you remember the playoff series? Do you remember the World Series against the Dodgers in 1956? And they would start talking about the players, and he found a way to breathe life, literally oxygen, into those rooms. People sitting waiting for chemo sessions. It's not the best frame of mind. Yeah. Not the best mood. Not, not the best ambiance. And he would come in there, and he had the whole place rolling within minutes. I, I wrote over there a story which is so meaningful. He he, uh, he was wheeled in. The, the Talmud who drove and told me the story. And he saw a guy in a baseball cap, an Italian gentleman. And the guy looked completely dejected, unfortunately, waiting for chemo. And Evan Frank said, good day. It's going to be a great day for you. So he said, no, it's not. We all know the truth. We all know why we're here. So Robert Frank said, I see we're in the baseball camp, and he did his thing. Yankees, the Dodgers was better. Pee Wee Reeves, Roy Campanella. You know, they went through the name. He was better. That, that play, he says, after about five minutes, the guy was so animated, he said to Robert Frank, Rabbi, you're my rabbi, and it's going to be a great day. Thank you. Wow. He, he had this ability. Uh, so, you know, so often we tell ourselves what Kiddush Hashem means and what it doesn't mean. He was a guy... With, with his beard, we were in two yarmulkes in the waiting room of the hospital because he wouldn't make a brocco without a hat. Right. But he didn't have the energy to wear a hat. Right. He wasn't feeling well. So he wore two yarmulkes, blowing out Kreutzer Mayim in a whole different way, showing what it means to be a Jew who's consumed with the fate of humanity, with everybody around him. Rabbi Yisrael Bester's with us. The brand new book about the life and legacy of Rabbi David Trank is called Just Love Them. It's out today. His yard site, Rabbi Trank's yard site, is tonight. Y- you have to... You have to, with me, tell the story of the kid who was suspended from yeshiva. A move, by the way, that that Rabbi Trank, if you read the book, probably wasn't very much in favor of to begin with, suspending someone from yeshiva. But now it's Rabbi Trank's responsibility, or he took the responsibility, I don't remember the exact details, to drive this young man home, right? He needed a ride to get home because he has now been suspended. Rabbi Besser, do do you recall what happened after that? I don't know which one you're referring to. We have quite a few. The story, the story, story the story, I'm, the story I'm referring to is he tells the student to get out of the car and to sit on the steps of his home. Oh, he told him, right. And he, he and he, he says to him, and he says to him, okay. And he says you were thrown out. You were told to go home. You've gone home now. Now get back in the car. We're going back to yeshiva. Right. And that's Move up a couple of feet. Reversed. Right. Get back in the car. Right. 
Now, now that's not now that's not just a story about someone you know helping a kid with the letter of the law. He was supposed to go home. He's gone home. Now let's go back. He's obviously making a statement that you know th- there may be some who feel this is where you belong, but I know where you really belong, and you're going to go with me and 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 belong there with me. Right, but at the same time, there's a tremendous respect for the essential rule system of yeshiva. And a lot of the stories you'll see the, the, the ability to walk a tightrope between discipline, which he believes in. He believes that there needs to be rules, right. there needs to be a structure. Right. But at the same time, at the same time, he knew how to operate. Like, like the Rebbein made this world, like Rashi says, he made it for Din, and he saw it wouldn't work only with Din, so he had to make it with Rachman, judgment and mercy together. But Rachman had that down. He emulated his creator in this way. That there was there was did in terms of the fact that there was discipline and there were rules, but at the same time he always worked with Rachman and he knew how to work right. within that system. So his Talmudim, I, I know. But 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 but, but some of those strategies work so well. You know, when when the high schoolers are breaking into the kitchen or into the lounge, which every high schooler, no matter what their background, no, no matter how great a tzaddik they are, have done. He he stands outside saying to Hillim so that they can hear him and and uses that approach <laughs> to let them right, know. So they wait. Uh, the Hillen, they had they had broken into the teacher's room and they were watching a movie. Right. The VCR. Right. Remember the days of VCR? Yeah. As simple as today. Sure. So you had to go find a way to get the VHS tape on the jacket and again and keys. <laughs> and they're in there watching. They're in there watching a movie. And he knew exactly where they were. He never wanted to see who it was. He just stood outside and screamed at Shiramal So it ripped them to shreds because they were caught, but they were never exposed. Right. They were never revealed. They were never embarrassed. They were never castigated. He knew it, and they knew he knew it, and that was enough for him. And he, he just stood outside, and they just walked out. That's what's so amazing. It's a positive on both sides. He's getting the point across. Right. He is disciplining them, but at the same time, he's and not— I care he, about you, right, he's and not, I love you, and but you he's not be here. But he's but not, em- not bad people. Right. They may feel embarrassed, but he's not embarrassing them. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, they're not being exposed. They may feel exposed, because, you know, but it's good if they feel that way, but they're not being exposed. They're not being— you know, brought to the office and reamed over what they've done. You know, our yeah. good, our good friend, Larry, our good friend Larry Spivak's in the book because oh, because he's because he's a Talmud and there's a story there. Larry helped his parents uh, once Havdalah started. He had to run with his parents to the store because Sunday was a very big day at the newsstand in the in the candy store in the shop because. You know the, the the newspaper Sunday. You know before folks, you folks, you may not realize this in the age of in the age of tablets and iPhones. But you know Sunday was a really 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 important newspaper day, and those sections had to be put together. And Larry would be with his parents, and it would take late into the night to get everything set up for Sunday morning. And he'd be very tired and sheer Sunday morning, and made those off. And Rabbi Trent used that as an opportunity to laud him, to laud him for his kibud avaim instead of cr- chastising him for falling asleep during the sheer. As, which has which has been the, his experience previously. He picked your head up, you know, yeah. tapping him on the head, throwing a pushka at the table to wake him up. And they were saying, look at this boy. Look at this boy who's tired from keeping out of aim. Rest, rest. Keep your head down, Larry. Speed, he called him. It is really, Speed. right. Keep your head down. <laughs> right. The whole thing is unbelievable, I'll tell you. He also had, you know, he knew he knew what pop culture or pop references were all about. As you said, um, when you talked about the Yankees and Dodgers, you know, it's, he, he was familiar with the news of the day and what people who were outside of Yeshiva were very into. So he actually came up with his own expression 
uh, for the abbreviation LSD, let's start davening. Right. And for let's pot, put on tefillin. You know, like, and, right. and when he would write these terms on the board, the boys were like, wow, I can't even believe the Rebbe even has heard of these things. And then, of course, he gave his own twist uh, to these, uh, you know, right. to these, and, and all that, you know, again, I'm not saying every Rebbe has to be like this, but when you're able to incorporate, when you're able to show that you know what's going on and you know the world that they're living in, but you just want them to be different and better than the people on the outside. It goes so much further when it comes to educating our youth. He, he developed his own doctrine. He was really a unique person. The jumping and the dancing and the singing and right. the techniques. And I, and I wrote this book. Somebody asked me about a It was so good. The mirror yeshiva was your classic yeshiva, your classic Lithuanian-style yeshiva. He didn't have people jumping around. And he said, if I'm, I have to compete with a seven-foot-tall yellow bird, which is where they're getting their entertainment from, then I have to be equally entertaining and equally dynamic. So when I re- heard the story, I went over and I, I was Googling around. Uh, me, I thought Bigelow is, is, you know, from, from 1905. I had no idea. And I, I was reading about Sesame Street, and it said that Bigelow, the character, was introduced in the mid-'60s and decided to gather, gather theme in the latter half of the decade. Right. And Robert Trank was teaching, and it was, you know, 67, 68. I was like, wow, this is the truth, that Bigelow was the phenomenon then. It was the new guy. And the, the boys were into it, and they'd gotten a lot of their education from there. And he felt that he had to, so to speak, take that and elevate Big Bird into the classroom into a way to teach Torah. The whole thing is unbelievable. And by the way... You know what... Yeah, go ahead. You know what Frank's favorite song was? To speak to your duo, both hats you wear, as the, as the great authority on Jewish music. His... And also as the most listened to talk show in the Jewish world. By the way, and, but, we... and, but you and you, one second, one second, and I'll tell you why I'm interrupting you. You and I have never discussed this either off or on the air, correct? I'm, 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 I'm trying to wonder if you and I ever discussed this because there's a song, there is a song, and I have it on my notes here to ask you about this song. My question to you was going to be, did you think of this song as you were writing this book? And if you're going to tell me this is the song that he loved... <laughs> I, I I'm just gonna I'm telling you this, this is gonna, this is gonna be historic in these Siegel Besser conversations. <laughs> uh, I don't know, and, and we've made history before. So it, even more. Historic. Is it possible that his favorite song was the Ninth Man? Holy moly! Are you Siegel. are you serious? You so good, of course I'm serious. Oh my gosh! Was, I have it written here. I was gonna, oh my gosh! Yeah. I was I was gonna ask you if you thought of this song as you're writing this book for a year. Yeah, I, not only that, I think I want to tell you something. After the show, I'm going to send you footage of him while the song is being played. But Nachman, you got to hear this. In his yeshiva, in the Yeshua, in the later years he opened his own yeshiva in Lakewood, he would do carpool every morning. Carpool meant he picked up every boy from their house. Most cases, it meant going into the house and waking them up. Boy <laughs> after boy, walking. In many houses, he had the combination to the house. In one house, the parents didn't want him to come in. They were uncomfortable with him just, you know, striding into the house. Right. So he had a baseball bat in his trunk. And he would knock on the window of the boy till he came out. And he picked up a school bus driver, picked up every boy in Yeshiva that had no dormitory every morning. And every single morning, he played the same song on the way. And it was the ninth man on the team. And the reason he loves the song, you know, you don't need to explain why. Yeah, of course. That song, of course. But why he loves that song, because in, in, in the middle of the chorus there, it says, uh, since I am their Rebbe, those words. That means in this song, the Rebbe feels like sometimes it means you got to pick up a baseball bat. Right. And hit a home run if you're coming. Because whatever they need, you got to be there for them. Since I am their Rebbe. Those words, since I am their Rebbe, at one point I wanted to call the book, Since I am their Rebbe. Ooh. I told this to A.B., to A.B. Rothenberg, 
He said to me, Rabbi Frank would see him and he would hug him and hold him and say, that song, that song, since I am there, Rabbi, he would get emotional. The first time he told Abi, the first time he heard the song, he cried. He, ended, he felt that Abi Rothenberg in that song uh, uh, expressed American Chinuch, what, what the mandate and the role and the mission of an American Rabbi is. You, it's with a baseball bat, and it's with a baseball bat. You have, you have stunned me with this one. Absolutely stunned me. Um, those, And I have to say this, because there are a lot of people, believe it or not, some in the younger age category, some who are just not familiar with a song that was written and released in the 1980s. If you're not familiar with the song The Ninth Man from the very first Journeys album, that's the song we're referring to. Listen to it, and you'll see how it will enhance your reading of the biography of the great Rabbi David Trank. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Rabbi Yisrael Besser is with us. The book is called Just Love Them. It is now available. It is the life and legacy of Rabbi David Trank. Everything at artscroll.com during the month of June is 25% off for 20 bucks. I'm not kidding. I'm looking at the price right now on the website. For 20 bucks, you could change the uh, lives of the people in your family with this book. And I'm not even exaggerating. It's, uh, it's an amazing uh, look into the life and leadership of somebody who was a, uh, a giant in the world of Torah and the world of Chinuch. And, um, and uh, uh, his yard site is tonight. Rabbi Trank's first yard site is tonight. Keep that in mind as well. The book is called Just Love Them, The Life and Legacy of Rabbi David Trank. Rabbi Yisrael Besser is with us. He is the author of the book. Uh, again, the ninth man. You got to check that out, everybody. And I was going to say earlier, um, the the and again, we're not going to get political, Rabbi Bester. But you know that when I had the galley in hand, you know that I circled this paragraph on page fifty-seven. Uh, when... I know, I know, I know, I know which one. I, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> so the the reality is, and 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 I'm so you know, when I first saw the story come up in front of me, I said, uh oh, this is not going to end well. And then, sure enough, uh, he he understands that the young man in his school really feels the need to show his support for Israel by going to the Celebrate Israel Parade, and he tells him to go. He says, you really need to. He tells him to go. The reason I'm bringing it up is not just to have fun with you about the topic, but I'm bringing it up because, because there was an era. There was an era where everybody across the board in mainstream Jewish education understood the importance of Talmidim, of students not being cookie cutter not being cut from the same cloth, not being the same, and that students need different things. And I think in every, and I'll blame everybody now, I, I think in every part of our community, we're now, we're now much less sensitive to that and expect Talmidim, expect students, and Talmidot, I would say, female students as well, to be a certain way if we teach them and guide them a certain way. And, and, and even though I'm not, I'm not advocating for what yeshivas should or shouldn't do and whether they should be going to parades or not, I'm simply saying that it's such an important thing to keep in mind. And frankly, and frankly, it's good to have the approbation of Rabbi Trank, who I think, based on the paragraph on page 57, you'd agree, would have agreed with me. I don't think he'd agree with you. I have to think it's whether you just said once again, as we so often do off the air, just now to be on the air. I don't think, I think that the yeshivas, I don't think that they're advocating a cookie-cutter approach and that they've lost individuality. I think that we have to appreciate what the story is about, but I just want to take us with what you said earlier. If you look at secular American culture today, right? Look at a typical teenager in secular American culture growing up in the system, right? So by the age of 15 or 16, well, we're not going to do this on the Malcolm Siegel show, but they have no idea who they are, right? I mean, they're, they're being offered to make decisions about 
whatever, orientation, life choices. They have no idea. Everything is open to them. And in the category they choose, there's 20 other categories, right? Right. Look at the unrest in the American streets over the last month. Nobody really, you see, besides going the opposite way, they're saying too many choices is also not a good thing because you don't even know what you stand for. You have to stand for something. We're giving you a belief system that maybe it looks like you're sacrificing individuality, and maybe a little bit we are. But at the same time, we're giving you an identity. America has no identity. Okay. Look at the streets. Look at the, look okay. at what we can talk about the Democratic Party and the streets another time. But look, I think that the achievements are proven. If you look at the American street today, uh, what we saw over the last few weeks alone, the achievements are justified. Okay. So I may, may, be, may be on a large scale slash political level, there is some justification. But that's not the point I'm trying to make. I'm trying to make a... a, a I understand. I just... I just hope I have to take issue. No, with, I, I hear that. The, I, I hear that, and I think it's a good debate. I'm not conceding yet, but I think it's a good debate. But what, what, what I'm trying to do that one day we could do that. What I'm well, you you get back into the studio one day, Rabbi Besser. We will do it. I have a feeling your I, I have a feeling your usual summer travel schedule is not going to bring you to New York this time around. But uh, we're still hoping it would Okay, but, but we'll see what happens. But anyway, uh, my point being that if he saw a talent, and I have to believe this was true in Camp Monk. I have to believe this was true in his own yeshiva. If he, and, and just the way he reacted to certain things that the boys had, had done and projects they undertook, whether it be cooking or anything else, the way he reacted to, to things that were completely out of the realm of main, mainstream Torah study, um, even the sports example, I, I think would, would, would indicate that he would encourage, if it was done in a kosher and safe manner, he would encourage young people to pursue these special interests and to use those special interests to enhance their avodas Hashem, which again, I think is a debate out there whether in fact, you know, great rabbis think it really does enhance youngsters avodas Hashem when they do this stuff. I think he'd be on the side to say it does. Is that a stretch or is that, or is that a stretch? I think that the the mainstream achievement movement also believes in the power of sports, but I mean, Frank was definitely an early attachment believer. He would raise money out of pocket. To rent the JCC every month to shop. Right. The boys in Adolphia to swim, play basketball, and he would sit there watching them. And Talmudin told me he would sit there watching them as if they were learning in the best mountain. Right. Such joy and such a, you know, I have to tell you, so I can say his name. Great guy. Sure, you've been in touch with him over the years. Chasko Bennett. Right? Sure. Such a great African, such a great guy. Chasko Bennett told me, came to Adelphia, not a great student, but he, early on he discovered at 14 that he likes to play drums. And he's playing, and he was like so many others. He became a comet in Camp Monk first and followed his Rebbe back to Adelphia, not the other way around. 14 years old, he's playing drums in Camp Monk, and he feels, while he's in the middle of playing color or whatever, he feels like somebody's over his right shoulder. And he feels the presence. He turns up and looks, and his Rebbe's there. His eyes are locked in on Chasko, and he's drumming along with him, like he's imaginarily moving the band right. in rhythm with Chasko's drumming. And he understood at that moment that his Rebbe's telling him, if you're good at this, like to quote his exact words, if you can drum or shoot a basket or sing or dance or speak, then maybe you could be good at learning too, and maybe you could be good at life too. Yeah. Now, fast forward 20 years. Costco yeah. is a successful businessman, a respected Oscar, and he's making his first CMA shop through that filming. Right. Big deal. He decides instead of making a CMA shop in a hall or in, in, in a big in, in a, in a banquet, he's going to make it at the Adelphia dinner. Tribute to the people, Rabbi Shane and Rabbi Trank, who brought him to this point. He wants him to celebrate with his rebellion. As he gets up to make the Siyam Hashat at the Adelphia dinner, and as he's about to say, Hadron Allah, Shaf, he feels somebody over his right shoulder. And there's Rabbi Trank looking on, beaming. He says the exact same posture 
and the exact same expression as when I was playing the drums with Ken Monk when I was 14 years old. Yep. It was just the same, yep. the same cheerleader. He had seen that, and to him, this was all one. Go do your thing. Go live big. Go fulfill your dreams. Go conquer your dreams. And by the way, when we talk about, as I opened with, about learning one thing and incorporating one thing, if we could get our rebellion and our community and our greater community to, in fact, when they do take, and to their credit, they do take their Talmudim to play ball, to supervise when they have, you know, a gym sessions, etc. If we can get them, and I'm being careful how I say this, but I think you know what I mean. Many of them will will sit and learn, will do other things, will maybe on a phone call, you know, while all this is going on. But the, the but when they are observing, appreciating, and commenting on what the boys are doing on the basketball court or on the baseball field, it goes so much further. And that's and again, not to criticize anybody for, for what they may do when, when they're sitting on the sidelines. It's all important. But, but just your book and Rabbi Trank's actions teach us just how much of a difference those small little things make in the life of the students. For sure. Again, I can't comment on what other people do. Right, right. right. Trank, Understood. Understood. You had a boy who came from a Katibisha background. Right. But Rabbi Trank said there's two things you need to learn when you come. One is how to play ball, and two is how do people talk, how the boys talk right. on the court, the slang. Right. The language. Right. What's an alley what, what, he, he sat with him and taught him the terms of, of how to play basketball with the boys. And that he shouldn't be an outsider, not only in the game, but in the culture of basketball. Right. He understood that. You know, um, <laughs> some of the other things that, that you write about. I mean, he and his brothers would lift their mother from the Shabbos table when she insisted on cleaning up. And they said, no, 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 we're going to clean right. up. And they would lift her and, <laughs> and bring her to, to a couch to rest. Because because they right. they that's how they knew that if they didn't do it that way she's gonna go straight to the kitchen so this way they made sure. Okay, he was, he was elaborate in everything. He was larger than life in his in his biochemist and in his dalmidim and really in his halo in shalmalechem. He, he did the, everything he did was exuberant on a grand scale. You know, didn't do things small. They so said we would tell you know we would say Ma lie down. Right. And he went to the, a step further. They said that uh, being in his shear was like walking into Disney World. They said seeing right. seeing him was like watching the Energizer Bunny. And believe me, those are two very complimentary things for <laughs> for uh, modern American kids to say. Yeah. Pe- people may right. think it's degrading for a Rebbe to be referred to in either of those ways, but it's a big, big compliment, and that's the feeling that they had. Could you imagine if every shear, if every classroom uh, in our community felt like Disney World? Could you imagine that if, if people did what he did, asking the first question of the morning, how did everybody sleep last night? You know, I'm, again, not, I'm not crazy. Uh, I'm not, I, what was the second question? You I, that? What the Nixon, what the what, what the Nixon Rangers what the Nixon do Nixon last do? night, yeah. Right. Right. And, and I, I, had a, I had a couple of Rebeam like that, by the way, uh, along the way. I really did. You know, and I, and I, it, I, I mentioned this to, to Rabbi Gedalia Zlotowitz. You know, Rabbi Mordechai Marcus, the art scroll giant, some would claim yeah. some would claim one of the greatest and I don't want to say the greatest, that would be ridiculous, but because who would want to get into an argument like that? One of the greatest Gedolim to ever touch the shores of the Gedole Torah to ever touch the shores of the United States of America passed away, as we know, during this whole COVID episode. He was right. my he was right. he was my Rebbe a long, really? long, long time ago. But but already at a time when he knew basically shots by heart. And we know this because as a teenager, I could tell you plenty of episodes and conversations we had with him where it was obvious that he knew most of Shas, if not all of it, by heart already by then. 
but he would get into conversations. When he saw that our interest was basketball, he would tell us what he remembered from the old NBA, and he would help compare the players of then with the players of, the, of, of his era. And, and this is what I'm thinking of 40 years later, that this is the type of Rebbe he was, that you know, a, a Talmud who was not you know, who didn't have the greatest capability in Torah study, he still felt, you know, that there was, it was important to, 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 to make and then, and then solidify that bond, you know, by discussing other things. I, I remember having conversations with him about halachic trivia, you know, things that we, you know, I like calling it calendaric trivia, which I'm always discuss, discussing and, and I'm obsessed with, with the Jewish calendar. And nobody, uh-huh. no serious Talmud Chacham spends time on, on that topic, analyzing the calendar with his students. Because yeah, everybody else calls it a calendar nerd. You know that, right? <laughs> exactly. But he, he just had this, it could have been basketball, it could have been what's for lunch, it could have been calendaric stuff, and obviously it could have been real Torah questions. He just had this incredible patience and love for everybody. In fact, when you put this on, I didn't know Rabbi Trank. As you know, I didn't know Rabbi Trank. But when you put this title on, Just Love Them, uh, th- that's the feeling I got thinking back to that era with Rabbi Marcus. And now explain to our audience why you chose this title, because I would assume, as the first yard site approaches tonight, that you probably had a million different titles you were considering over the year. Right. So it's interesting. You know, we've done other books with our school, several Baruch Hashem. And usually we offer... Rabbi Zlata with the Tasha Rabbi, so for the, I, I don't want to use the word the generic, because none of them are generic, right. but I, w- I, w- I would call it the traditional style title. But there was a, a sense here, as you see throughout this book, that there's nothing traditional about Rabbi Trank. Everything is about creativity and originality and innovation and just being different. He exploded. He was a different kind of person. Uh, I have there a story out at a Torah of convention. You mentioned earlier he was a little bit of a heckler. You know, he would call out, but because he was Rabbi Trank, Everybody respected his right. He had a right to his opinion. So they had this really exciting presentation for Abayim and Machancho at a Tarmasar convention, and everybody was spellbound. It was really, uh, the, the atmosphere in the room was great. Everybody was enjoying it. Everybody was engaged. And Rabbi Chang screams out from the back, Rabbi Nayowitz, you know, to the head of Tarmasar, right. wouldn't it be great if we could do the same thing that's being done for us in our classrooms? That means you always believe that you have to be as original and colorful, as creative as possible. Like you said, in order to be able to successfully convey Torah to people, nobody wants to teach an empty classroom. You could have bodies in the classroom, but it's still empty if you don't have their neshamas, if you don't have their hearts, if you don't have their minds. Yeah. So we knew that the title here had to be something a little more. I don't know if Gedalia uh, told you last week, but the relationship between Gedalia and Rabbi Trank right. was bad of a rabbi in a town, but it's right. extremely personal, extremely deep, you know, uh, forged over years of camp monk, first as a camp, then Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Gedalia and his wife. And Mrs. Lotta was sat at the table with the Trank, David Cohn. It's a very, Dave Silverman, it's a very special table in Camon that they sat at for over 20 years. And they became very, very close, sitting together. So this book meant a lot to him, of course. And he also understood the importance of a title that reflects the uniqueness of the man and his mission. So we kicked around, like I said, since I am there, Abby, we kicked around so many different titles over the years. Then somebody told me a story, young man of like, who was going into Chenach. And he took a job in a high school that wasn't a traditional yeshiva high school. It wasn't boys. There was a lot of the boys that went to public school. It wasn't a classic yeshiva. And he was coming to the Lake of Bates Medrash. He wasn't sure that he was suited. Tough kids. He wasn't sure he was suited to it. And he wanted chenachim. Someone told him, you can't go into a high school classroom without talking to the authority, Rabbi David Frank. The problem was, was less than two years ago, when David Frank was already sick. He was already sick with his final illness, 
uh, it was hot, but the guy went to his house and he never drank with like not feeling great. He looked a little bit pale. But the guy came in, he introduced himself, he said his name, he said, I took this job in Brooklyn at the high school, and he explained the nature of the school a little bit. He explained the nature of the challenge and why he was worried. And he, he asked Herbert Trank what Herbert Trank thinks is the most important technique to use. Herbert Trank was kind of nodding off. He looked like he didn't even hear the question. He wasn't feeling well. He was undergoing grueling chemotherapy treatment at the time. And he didn't seem like he was present at all. His head was down, drooping. Herbert Trank looks up, finally, and with all the energy he could muster, he says five words. He says, just love them. Love them. And he goes back down. He, he, his whole chinuch, man, in 50 years of chinuch, he consolidated into those two sentences. Just love them. Love them. And I heard that story. I was like, okay. So he told us himself. He told us himself what the title should be. This person asked him all his questions, and he answered it with that sentence. And, and we all understand the answer because your parents, we, we talked about this a lot, Nachum also, over the years, the parenting children. When you really love your children, then your instincts tell you, you know what you have to do. You know what the right thing to do is because you love them. And, you know, a, a mother knows when her child is hungry. A father knows when his child is his family about something. We anticipate these things because we really love our children. So if a tranquil thing is you could bring that into the classroom to really love every child, then you'll know yourself what to do. You don't need so many seminars. You don't need so many techniques. You don't need, you don't need so many conventions because you know yourself what you have to do like your parents. Pretty amazing. By the way, one final point before we start to wrap up, and uh, we're going to wrap up in a very uh, interesting way because um, uh, I traditionally, especially with the way this conversation has gone, I would play the ninth man right after this conversation. Uh, but there's a special uh, there's a special song that's been written in memory of Rabbi Trank that we're going to discuss in a couple of minutes. And again, his first yard site is tonight, so we're going to debut it here at uh, JM in the AM. But one last point I must make because uh, it's such an important issue, and there's so many people in our community around the world who are suffering with this issue. When Rabbi Trank um, and, and his wife, obviously, have, uh, uh, as well, but you, you, you'll get my point in a moment. Uh, when, when it seemed that, um, that medical experts uh, thought that he would not have children, that they would not have children, um, his, his answer, and, and I'm not quoting the book, but I, I'm giving a, a paraphrase of what I'm, of, of the, of based on the way his re, he reacted, how he wrote, how he reacted. I'm assuming that he said something like, it is not you, the doctors and medical experts, who will decide if we have children. It is HaKadosh Baruch Hu and he only who will decide if we have children. And I, I think that, that you know, sometimes we forget, especially in many, many situations, uh, people lose their job. You know, they have to obviously do the Hirschtadlis, but they also have to remember that, you know, it's up to the one above who's going to, you know, if I, if I put in the effort, it's the one above who's going to, you know, judge what kind of Parnassa my family's going to have, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think it's a really important message to keep in mind. And I could just see, I could just see him saying uh, what I just paraphrased in reaction to, you know, a situation like that. And I, I, would, I would assume that not only would you agree, Rabbi Besser, but it's one of the most, because of the sensitivity of that area that so many people suffer from, it's probably one of the most important things mentioned in the book. Right. So just to correct it a little bit, it's an important and a crucial correction. Um, he, his wife, we, we should talk about his wife, because in, in, in the story of Rabbi Trank is an incomplete story, if you don't understand. The role of Rabbi Trank, a woman who was ready to move out to Adelphia, New Jersey, in 1972 to a chicken farm with one other family, and raised her family there, and basically let him go. For the next 40 years, she had no idea if he was coming or going. He was all over the place, special person. But when the doctor told him that four years after the wedding, you're never going to have children, he was actually despondent. He heard it, and he fell apart. And she looked at him, and she said, 
I don't understand. The doctor is Hashem? Mm. You're following that? So he, he was human enough that it hit him hard. And he, was not, he wasn't okay right away, meaning he heard, right. he heard this from the doctor. And he took it like, like a lot of people would. Wow. Is this the end of the road? It, it, you know, it took him a minute, and he always credited his wife for having the presence of mind and the solidness to react the way she did to lift up his spirit. And she said to him, the doctor's not a shem. What, what are you falling apart from? He well, could use this a lot to be mechazic, as you just mentioned, so sensitively. Only that we're going through this Messiah. You know, similar challenges where they're told things that they can never, or this will never happen, or that will never happen. So he would remember his wife's innate chachmah, her instinctive chachmah, and her instinctive faith to be able to react to me. What a way to uh, wrap up this conversation by uh, acknowledging the support system, because people like Rabbi Trenk, without the uh, without the right wife, as you just described, and without the right family, without the patient people around them, uh, in, in so many areas of life, not just chinuch, uh, would not be able to accomplish what they can to the fullest without the incredible support system that you just described. The book is called Just Love Them. It's uh, an Art Scroll publication. Rabbi Yisrael Besser is the author. Uh, we've spent a lot of great time with him this morning here at JM and the AM. I want to recommend uh, uh, the book. It's on the website at artscroll.com and at your retailers. Everything this month at Artscroll is uh, is uh, is um, 25% off, including at the retail establishments. You could literally get this book for 20 bucks. Now, I don't know if Rabbi Besser likes to hear that, that after a year's worth of work, someone could actually pick this up for a mere $20. But Rabbi Besser, I'm sure you'd agree that you'll be very happy if more and more people have this book in their home. Nothing makes me happier, and, and nothing <laughs> would, be, would be a greater such a trend that you should be able to continue to be able. And it's credit to the good people at our school that they recognize this as well. That it's really about getting to this book and its message into as many homes as possible. The good life changing is overused. Everything's life changing and life altering and unprecedented. This book is life changing. No question about it. No question about it. And uh, it's not just your your endorsement as the author, but uh, I, I will endorse it and encourage everybody to read it and let their their kids and their and their uh, and you know, all family members, especially those who are uh, men and women who are considering going into the area of chinuch, into Jewish education, I would even say any education. Pick up this book; it will be a life changer for you. And check it out on uh, artscroll.com. Uh, right, Besser. Before our uh, final goodbye, you know what we're going to introduce? We're going to introduce a brand new song. Joey Newcomb was uh, approached to do a song that encapsulated the message and the life of Rabbi Trank. Tell us about uh, uh, the song that is entitled Just Love Them. Just Love Them, right. So, again, it, it ties into the fact of the originality and the creativity of Rabbi Trank. We felt, and a lot of them I felt, that a book like this needs to be brought to the people in a three-dimensional way. Because, like you said, it's Lazarus. He was in sending out his message. And this is exactly what he would have loved, you know? The ability to use music to create not just text on a page, but text on a page combined with the visual, which will end up with a music video, combined with the audio, with this incredibly uh, a song that's so hard. So there's nobody better than Johnny Newcomb. First of all, he himself is already sitting with boys all day in the Paris Cement, and his voice, his ability to convey timeless messages is really unparalleled. He's the voice of today. So he took a pasta, and the words are based, the Hebrew words, Los Encarnas words, Gunnar Pasta, Gunnar Shea. Not such, you know, words that people are not familiar with, but they're very, very familiar to people. And the pasta says like this, I will pull them with cords, when you pull an animal, 
So you need different kinds of ropes, right? When you pull a, a truck, you need chains. You know, my priority is that in the winter. How do you pull a human being? I will pull them with cord of human. How do you pull a human being? What do you use to pull a human being? With cords of love. You know how you pull another human being? With love. By loving them, that's how you move them from point A to point B. The Balatanya, in, in the Zaytar, and he uses these words, the Zaytar Sahaba, where he explains that you can influence other people. Quote and draw on this topic. Joey took this topic, and he combined it with his English words, just love them, even when it's rough, see past the surface, and just love them, only with love, only with love. And he found a way, in his Joey way, to musically pay tribute to the idea of the Pasuk, and really celebrate the legacy of Rabbi Frank. With all of that, I say Sahaba does love them, love somebody you know what they need. Then you're able to help them. And they buy into it too. Pretty amazing. Rabbi Besser, I look forward to seeing you. Uh, we have not had any in-studio guests since Rabbi Krohn walked out here on walked out of the studio on the 12th of March. But maybe if you make it to New York, we will finally we'll finally break through and make that post-COVID or or, or whatever you want to call it exception and, and be able to sit down face to face. Together again, that would be amazing. Malcolm. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. It's a pleasure to watch you and listen to you interview. I learn a lot from you every time. I appreciate that. And Mazel Tov on the book. What, do you have a new project yet? Is there a next project from Art Scroll, or that's not to be revealed <laughs> Believe yet? Believe it or not, no rest of the way. I'm in Carmel on the way to Toronto. I started a new book by Hashem over the last few weeks, and I'm on the way to an interview right now. And you won't tell us the subject? I will tell you the subject. I actually introduced you to Frank on your show last year. I thought it was in my sophomore studio, and that was the first time I discussed having Frank publicly on your show. And you didn't let me down, so why not try it again? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> the, the, a big part of what we do, on scroll and, and myself combined, is try to figure out biographies that are based on the need of the generation. Right. We're responding to a certain thirst or a certain interest. Baruch Hashem, uh, it's, you know, certainly this was true a few months ago, and that's the first time when everything settled down, I'm sure it will continue to be true. There's a lot of young guys who are doing well in business. The young guys were doing nicely. Different people found a way to make money. The, the firm was commercially over the last few years. And there was a sense that when you read a book about a god, so you read a book about Rabbi Yasef, it's going to do a lot to you. But it's not to see that it could be in the workplace or as a wealthy person. We, we need to provide role models to people in that realm as well. We've got to in the classroom. Moshe Reichman was the preeminent, not only Torah philanthropist, but his dignity, his nobility, his honesty in business. He stood head and shoulders for a generation. Moshe Eichmann, at, at one point, the fourth wealthiest human being in the world. The talk of the last few years, since the past five years ago. And uh, everything fell into place. And when she ended, I threw myself into this bus. I'm just getting started, and I'm so excited to be able to work on a book that can bring a different kind of different kind of lesson, a different kind of message, and meet a different demographic. Pretty amazing. Well, we are certainly already looking forward to that one, that's for sure. Rabbi Besser, I thank you so much, and Mazel Tov on the book. It's amazing. Thank you. Thanks for everything. Rabbi Yisrael Besser, prolific author, writer, columnist, author of the book Just Love Them, The Life and Legacy of Rabbi David Trank. The song Just Love Them, Joey Newcomb, world debut, JM in the AM. The Shayaser, 
With the ropes of men, I pulled them in. What are the ropes of men? How do you pull people in? Be a voice, voice of love. With cords of love, cords of love. Be a voice, voice of love. Only with love. Is only with love. Only with love, only with love, you'll pull in with love only with love only with love you'll get in with love so just love them so just love them we'll get in with love so
Let's build the shamas only with love. J.M. and the A.M. World Debut, Joey Newcomb, Just Love Them, in memory of Rabbi David Trank, whose yard site is tonight. You're listening to J.M. in the A.M. Traditionalists are thrilled because of my fastest theme song has been reinstated. So the traditionalists are happy. And I think my fast is happy because it seems that except for uh, one lone exception, American jury is enthusiastically contacting him and his personnel to head to Israel ASAP. Rabbi Yoshua Josh Fast, founder of Nefesh. Benefesh, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much, Uncle, and to all the listeners. It's great to be on again. I appreciate that, and um, we should mention it's Parsha Shlach. Yes, folks, in the diaspora, it's the week of yeah. Parsha Shlach. It's one of the reasons why Fast is on. It's a tradition for us to hear from him on Parsha Shlach. Uh, Israel's way... I don't even know where... What's Israel on? Dvarim? Veschanan? They're way ahead. And we by, finished. And, we made a them last week. We're and, moving on. And by the way, Israel's not just way ahead when it comes to Parshios, everybody. Israel seems to be way ahead in every category across the board. One of the reasons... I know that Rabbi Fass's annual Dvar Torah is our focus. We'll get to it. But one of the reasons um, that, uh, it, it is that, that... Because Israel is ahead of the diaspora in so many categories. That is one of the primary reasons that we are seeing such an amazing uh, uh, swarm of people calling and heading to the website of Nefesh Benefesh in order to download and start the application process for Aliyah. Rabbi Fass, uh, all these weeks later, after we've spent time during the COVID-19 situation speaking about this increase in Aliyah interest, can you verify for us as we approach the end of the month of Sivan that that still is the case? It is definitely not slowing down in any way. It is there are numbers that we haven't seen in the last 18 years of being involved in the course of helping individuals make Aliyah, and there are numbers that have not been seen since 1948. If you allow me just to give you two statistics, which are just mind-blowing. Sure. In the first two weeks of June last year, 
we had 2,600 calls that came into our hotline to our to our call center. 2,600 in two weeks in June last year. In the same period of time this year, we had 16,000. What? Yes. That's why I beg everyone just to understand if it takes a little bit, a few more minutes to get through to one of our case managers or to someone who's manning the phone. We are adding every day more staff. I think now we have 11 people staffing the phones at night, um, uh, American time, Israel time, late, um, just to make sure that we're meeting the, the needs. Another crazy statistic, Nachum, that will blow your socks off is uh, every single month, uh, even the highest month of the last 18 years, the highest month we've ever had was 450 families who submitted their applications, submitted full final applications to make Aliyah. And last month in May, we hit 816 families who submitted their applications for Aliyah, almost a complete double of what we usually see in the heights of any season. The craziest factor is that this morning, this morning, we're at the 18th of June, we hit 833 families who submitted applications for Aliyah. So we are seeing a phenomenon, a historic phenomenon, um, for, for multiple reasons. And uh, it is a tool to be involved. And I am happy also to announce, this is, um, I'm going to get in trouble from our PR department, Danielle Katzman, but over the next couple of days, we're going to be announcing our flight schedule for this summer. We just signed with the LL, and we have group flights on July 7th and July 20th and July 22nd and July 27th, August 3rd, August 5th, August 10th, August 12th, August 17th, August 19th, August 24th, August 26th, August 31st, and September 9th. We are buying up seats so that we have enough seats that everyone who wants to make Aliyah has a chance to do it. And I understand the whole machinery of apostilles and FBI checks and U.S. passports and Israel consulates. It has been affected by corona. We got it. We understand it. We're working really with creative out-of-the-box solutions to make it happen for each and every one of you out there who might be listening and who's interested in making Aliyah over the next three months. Well, you have uh, certainly floored us, and I'm sure I speak on behalf of the listeners with this news. Just, uh, I mean, unbelievable news. Uh, Historic news. uh, News that will change the course of modern Jewish history. Can, in fact, uh, modern Jewish history and the course of modern Jewish history be changed this many years after the founding of the State of Israel? The answer is yes, and and now we're we're living through yet another stage of that incredible... uh, a course of modern Jewish history. I wonder how many uh, how many people are are wondering what I'm wondering. Six, yes, you have a seat on the plane. <laughs> six, six, sixteen thousand, six, sixteen thousand who've called the call center. How is it possible I wasn't among them? And I bet a lot of people listening right now are thinking the same thing. Sixteen thousand. How is it possible that I, I I'm I, not meaning I, meaning I'm quoting the listeners are, that I was yeah. not among those who was. Uh, who is expressing interest in moving to Israel. Uh, just amazing. Just amazing. Um, okay, uh, Rabbi Fass. <laughs> this, I, 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 I'm, so, I'm so speechless, you can't imagine. Um, Rabbi Fass, uh, you, you've used this opportunity 
uh, Erev Parsha Shlach in the uh, in the diaspora over the years to uh, to sell us something meaningful regarding the Parsha and regarding things we should be keeping in mind. Last year, by the way, on this show and in a separate video, uh, a completely separate presentation, you completely bowled us over. I mean, that those were, those were two presentations that I sent everywhere to everybody to listen to if they were ever uh, thinking about moving to Israel and the importance of Israel. One of the best lines you had in the video, which we transcribed, by the way, we actually put that video in written form so that, oh, pe yeah? so that people could read it on Shabbos. That was our whole intent, was to make sure that, God forbid, there would be 25 hours where people could not access that brilliance, I'm telling you. So in it, in it, you, in it you, you, you flippantly mentioned uh, and, and what is the difference if we, whether it's a mitzvah or a rabbanon, meaning Yishev Eretz Yisrael? And and yeah. it, you were so frustrated the way you were presenting it. It, 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 it was it looked like you were about to fly off the handle and completely destroy <laughs> us. That this is the issue. This is the issue. Whether it's a daraisad or rabbanon, it's obvious that this is where God wants us. No matter no matter what the classification of of mitzvah or kiyum it might be. I don't know if you recall any of this, but it's, I got that worked up. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was great. It's like you, you, you're practically jumping out of the screen at us. You can imagine how guilty I felt as I was. And by the way, I watched it again this year. Chazara. <laughs> Chazara, yeah. By the way, this is an area where the Jewish people need a lot of Chazara. You know, if it takes mm -hmm. if it takes time for things to seep in, uh, then this this is, in fact, one of those issues where the Jewish people need a lot of Chazara. Rabbi Fass, Parsha Shlach for us. As I said, for you, it's in the rear view mirror. You, I have to tell you, I have to tell you, Nachum, at, at last week's Shabbos table, I shared this to my family. Ooh. We haven't had guests for like three and a half months. So we're trying to be creative, <laughs> what, what we do just to make it so <laughs> fresh. But I shared this, and like two people were like, you have to give this to Nachum. <laughs> you have to share it on the radio. Um, and it, it's such a brilliant chiddush and insight that I saw that I would love. I, I can't wait to share it with you. It's, it's so insightful. Please, are you kidding? I'm waiting with bated breath. Okay, so here we go. So we are all familiar with the conventional narrative that the Miraglim returned from their spy mission, and they started their report, and they started their report to Am Yisrael. They started with some hopeful, productive, positive notes. We went. You sent us there. It is indeed a land flowing with milk and honey, to quote Lenny Solomon. And behold, <laughs> look at these amazing fruits. But then, as we know, it quickly turns to a negative tone. The people are powerful. The cities are fortified. All of our enemies are consolidated and militarized, and they are gigantic to boot. Right. And they conclude with We simply have no chance. We have no choice. The odds are stacked against us. We cannot possibly move. Right? Yep. We all know that. Yep. That is the narrative. And we also all know the famous question that most Mepharshim ask, and why did the Miraglim even bother starting with some words of praise about Eretz Yisrael? If they wanted to sabotage this aliyah, from the Midbar, from the desert to Israel, why do they even start? Why do they even tease? And some suggest, you can look at Rashi, some suggest because they were emesic. They were telling the truth. And the truth related both positive natures, but an overwhelming negative attribute 
or negative messaging from their report. Or some even suggest that it was some kind of emotional manipulation, that they were drawing the people into some positive news mm. and then dropping the mic and saying, right. you know what, it can't be done. But I just, last Shabbos, I read this stunning Kiddush from the Binyan Shlomo, of Shlomo HaKom from Vilna, and he quotes it in the name of his father, Yisrael Moshe. Now, uh, for all those who don't know the Binyan Shlomo, the Binyan Shlomo died in 1905, the last 40 years of his life. Um, he was a chief rav of Vilna. Um, two famous stories about uh, the Binyan Shlomo. When he was 16 years old, he was quite sick, and the doctors told him that he learned so intensely that he should stop learning Torah because it was affecting his heart. And he refused. He said, this is my life source, this is my oxygen. He became such a gadol b'Torah that the Chafetz Chaim went to get his hasama, his approbation for his magnum opus, the Mishnah Brura. He wanted to get the Binyan Shlomo to sign off on the Mishnah Brura. The Binyan Shlomo quotes his father with such an amazing insight. He said, it's not that the Miraglim started their report on a positive note, that which went quickly south, but rather from the get-go, they were negative. He explains that the fact that they described Israel as the Gam Zavat Chalav Udvashi, the fact that they said it's also a land of milk and honey. He doesn't read Gam, as you would see in the art scroll, Chomosh, as indeed, but he reads Gam as literal also. Right. The spies came back and said, you know what? The land of Israel is also, is also the Gam, just like Egypt. It's beautiful. It's robust. Oh. It's flourishing. It's bountiful. But oh. the fact that the Meraglin compared Israel with another country, the fact that they started the words of describing Israel as the Gam was the very, set the very tone and tenor of negativity that was the undercurrent of their entire sinful report. Their report never started on a positive note. Binyan Shomo said it started with the words of the gum. It's also. And the lessons from this approach are so insightful. And I think couldn't be truer today. We're experiencing, as we just said, Aliyah interest and Aliyah numbers and applications that I've never seen in the last 18 years of doing this Avodah Kodesh. And I don't think the state of Israel empirically has seen these numbers as well. But we have to be very careful and mindful that we're communicating the right message and not the wrong message of that Israel is also a gum. I've seen a lot of passionate, impactful messages over the last two to three weeks and starting or weaving in with a message of America has been really good to us, but Israel also can be good. Israel is not an also. Israel is our nation's destiny. Israel is the ultimate destiny. Israel is not a gum. And we're developing this at the Shabbos table that I think the Binyan Shlomo also gives us a beautiful psychological insight, an incredible lesson, that if you approach any ideal, any ultimate choice, any l'chatchila in life, if you approach it as a gum, it will soon, quickly turn to effect. But you look at the negative, you look at the justifications, you look at the excuses, you look at the reasons why not. But if you look at a l'chatchila as a l'chatchila, 
and if you look at it as an ideal, as an ideal, then that can somehow dwarf the little challenges or the big challenges. I've mentioned many, many times on, on your incredible airways that we are living in historic times, miraculous times. We have, for some reason, the option of living in our homeland as the Holy Chenu, Komimiyut La'artzenu, upright, strong, out of choice. For all those who are contemplating Aliyah and those who are evaluating your options, let's please do it under the framework of Kalev and Yehoshua's report. Now pay attention to their report. And according to the Binyan Shlomo, it's stunning. Ha'aretz asher avarnu balatuoto tova ha'aretz ma'od ma'od. It's not a gum. It's not an also. It's on a different plane. It's on a different level. This is the place that Hashem wants us to be. And coincidentally, the last description, also, On this Parshat Shlach, during historic times, unprecedented times, may we all merit of actualizing the miracle of Kalev's words of that surely ascend because we can do it. Absolutely incredible. And uh, the GAM concept that you mentioned, how for so many decades, so many of us would compare how what has gone on in Chutzlar, it's particularly in America, is being copied, is being duplicated uh, in Israel, in so many areas of life. I believe that whole narrative is drifting away. And and no longer are people saying, oh, they have it in Israel because they copy what they see in the West. I think that whole narrative is leaving us. And in fact, it, it is. It, and and in fact, in Israel, in every area of life, they have become leaders and not followers. And uh, and even that aspect of Gam, I think, is a is one that uh, that has to be completely eliminated. Uh, Rabbi Fast, simply remarkable. Great words. I hope it spurs more and more people to add to that incredible number that you mentioned earlier, those who are pursuing Aliyah, those who know that it's the best place for their family, those who want to, uh, who want to move and, um, and, and help uh, change the course of modern Jewish history. Is it possible, after everything that happened in the 20th century with the state of Israel, is it possible that we in the 21st century can have this role? You would be the first to say absolutely yes. And by the way, one of our listeners points out on the app, I guess the only way to get to my granddaughter is to make Aliyah. Talk about the talk, talk about the children leading them. Uh, it may yeah. it may be a time right now where the only way you're going to see your children or grandchildren live and in person is if you in fact make Aliyah to Israel. Not not a not a small consideration in this whole picture. Remarkable time. Remarkable, remarkable time. I can't thank you enough. It is always a pleasure, as you know. I smile from ear to ear the moment that I get to hear your voice. I, and, uh, I, can't, I don't even know how to react to that. That is one of the nicest things anybody's ever said. Thank you so much. And we're looking forward to the day, Rabbi Fass, when we are not uh, face-to-face on a plane, where we are not face-to-face here in my studio, but we are face-to-face in Jerusalem, uh, both on and off the air, and talking uh, continuously about the glory and the greatness of the land of Israel. Uh, can't wait to see. 
sit next to you in front of your mic yeah, in Yerushalayim, in Jerusalem, at your beautiful new studio. Bezrat Hashem. That's, and I, that's the dream. And I hope it's sooner rather than later. <laughs> By the way, you know what You know what they say, Rabbi Fast. I don't know if you've ever heard of of the following expression, Im Tirtzu, Ein Zo Have you ever heard that expression, Rabbi Fast? No, I have to, I have to write that down. <laughs> Trust me, it's the most profound I'll be all day. Uh, <laughs> Rabbi Fass, of course, is the co-founder of Nefesh Ben Nefesh, and we love speaking with him, Erev Parsha Shlach, and anytime on JM in the AM. It is amazing when you think about it. After the way the 20th century unfolded, honestly, one of the greatest centuries in Jewish history, obviously. One wonder, and I know, I know all the things that we went through in the 20, that we as a people went through in the 20th century and our predecessors more accurately went through, believe me. Nonetheless, still one of the greatest centuries in the history of the Jewish people. I think even the victims of the Shoah not to ever put words in their mouth, God forbid, but in, 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 in looking at the big picture, um, you know, m- might have might have a a, um, a a similar attitude. Uh, I'm only suggesting it. I'm not. Uh, I, I think it's it's something worthy of discussion. But 20th century, an incredible uh, century. The way uh, the way things ended in the 20th century for the Jewish people. And now in the 21st century, we actually have an opportunity, this generation, to again change the course of modern Jewish history, which is just amazing, just incredible. Uh, 866-4-ALIYAH, 866, the number four, and then uh, A-L-I-Y-A-H, A-L-I-Y-A-H. Yeah, and as I think about this, right, before I hear from other people, let me, before I hear from people who question the way I put that, uh, let, let's just say the second half of the of the 20th century, one of the greatest half centuries in the history of the Jewish people. Let's put it that way. Um, let's put it that way. Now, in the first half of the 21st century, we have an opportunity to change the course of modern Jewish history again. Let, let's put it that way and uh, all agree on that. Not worth, um, not worth um, even even God forbid seeming insensitive uh, to the uh, precious lives lost in previous generations due to the enemies of the Jewish people. Thursday morning, JM in the AM, full day here on this uh, broadcast and on this network. Um, unlocking greatness with Charlie Harari's next, keeping life's journey focused and uh, life journey focused and not destination focused. Jew in the City Speaks will feature Josh Masson, executive chef at Nobo. That's life with Miriam Al Wallach. Miriam will have Rebbitz and Dr. Adina Schmidman discussing the OU Women's Initiative uh, a Virtual Summit. Live lunch at 11. I remind you, I will not be here next Thursday. I'm saying it just so there's no confusion, God forbid, about uh, 
anything COVID-related here. I'm not here next Thursday and Friday because I'm having elbow surgery. That's why I'm saying it as many times as possible. Excuse me, as possible in advance, so God forbid people don't think otherwise. Elbow surgery Thursday, out Thursday and Friday. Please, God, back here on the 29th. That's the intention. I'm even thinking of actually being here Friday, but <laughs> I'm not having that fight with my staff yet. Um, <laughs> um, Erev Shabbos show tonight with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That starts at 7 p.m. Eastern time. That will be replayed at uh, 3 a.m. and at 10 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow morning. Harry Rothenberg with the um, uh, with the um, Dvar Torah for Parsha Shlach tomorrow morning at about 7.10 here at the JM in the AM. I want to thank the Rothenberg Law Firm. They're sponsoring our Sunday broadcast at 11.30 a.m. celebrating Israel. We are doing ours at 11.30. The JCRC is on at celebrateny.org at uh, 1 p.m. Uh, ours will be 11.30, brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm, injurylawyer.com, and we thank them very, very much, always supporting our programs that support Israel and that celebrate Israel. Um... A lot of great reaction to the uh, interview with Ray Besser about the book. Uh, I thank him again. Art Scroll has everything at 25% off, including the brand new book, Just Love Them. Tomorrow morning on this program, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us at, uh, at 7.40 Eastern Time right here at JM in the AM. So keep that in mind. And uh, this portion of NSN broadcast, uh, NSN programming, is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dogs, Sausage and Deli is the world's best. Uh, check out kosherdogs.net. Again, that's kosherdogs.net. Um, 10% discount if you use promo code radio, kosherdogs.net. 10% discount if you use promo code radio. Also, keep in mind, we are trying our hardest to help people get jobs. If you know somebody who's out of work or if you're out of work, get your resume into us, resume at nahumsegal.com, resume at nahumsegal.com. Again, we're trying our hardest to match people up with employment. Any resumes that we get that are appropriate for the oh, – sorry about that – that are appropriate for the field of um, Jewish executive not-for-profit work, those will be forwarded to our friends uh, at the Joel Paul Group and um, – and uh, and if there's something appropriate there, you'll certainly be contacted. Otherwise, keep in mind, get us your resume, resume at nalchumsegal.com. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at nalchumsegal.com, on the Nalchumsegal Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up a great Thursday here at JM and the AM. Plenty tomorrow between 6 and 9. Lots of special guests plus the weekly update and more. Make sure to join us. Full day now on a Thursday coming up at the Nahum Siegel Network. There is just so much happening. It's amazing. And, of course, Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, our, uh, our special celebrating Israel. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.